Our scripture reading today comes from the 19th chapter of Luke. After he said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany in the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying the colt? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the, the colt, its owners asked, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept throwing their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the great multitude of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, If these were silent, the stones would shout out. May God bless our understanding of this sacred text. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last month, I traveled to Seattle to visit my best friend from seminary. Last month, when I preached, I told you about an eagle I saw on the Puget Sound. Laura recently stepped away from pastoral ministry after as many years in this work as I've been. And she has been enjoying the novelty of lazy Sunday mornings. She was a bit chagrined to learn that even though I was on vacation, I had every intention of attending worship. I did the same during our recent spring break staycation, sitting in the pews for the nine o'clock service these last two weeks. I have many faults and failures as a person of faith, but I will say this, I am a faithful worshiper and always have been. Even in college, a time when many young people drift away from religious engagement, I was in a sanctuary nearly every Sunday. Of course, Mike did tell me this week, I am unique. <laughs> he said he meant it as a compliment. So this is a scripture that resonates 
deeply with me. As Jesus approaches the path down from the Mount of Olives, his gaze set on Jerusalem, I cannot help but imagine myself among the multitude of disciples praising God joyfully. That makes sense to me. So too does Jesus' retort to those foolish Pharisees. If these were silent, the stones would shout out. The poet Anne Sexton writes, Love and a cough cannot be concealed. Even a small cough, even a small love. The same goes for worship. It cannot be concealed. It cannot be contained. When you feel the Spirit moving you to gather with two or three in the name of Jesus and praise God from whom all blessings flow, you cannot be swayed, even by a friend who really prefers to stay in her pajamas. That morning, we selected a nearby church where one of my friends, from my doctoral program serves as the pastor. We arrived during the opening hymn. I have learned that I'm not, if I'm not in the service, I will be late for the service. So, One of Toni Morrison's memorable characters once ate blackberries so good and happy that to eat them was like being in church. Just one of the berries, and you felt anointed. I remember the first time I read that line, I thought, yes, that is exactly it. And it goes both ways. Being in church makes me so good and happy that it's like eating perfectly ripe and sweet blackberries. I felt anointed that day in my friend's church in Seattle, especially when he read the scripture. He did not technically read the scripture. He recited it from memory. I was transfixed. I heard the text come alive in a way I had never before experienced. As he concluded the gospel passage and turned to his sermon, I glanced around at the other worshipers. Now, they didn't look bored, but neither did they share my expression of surprise and astonishment. After worship, I confirmed my suspicion. Dan memorizes the text he preaches every week. He calls it interiorizing. The Bible interiorizing. Not rote memorization, but committing the holy words to heart. He invites the members of his congregation to join him in interiorizing passages of Scripture. On Good Friday, a dozen of his parishioners will share verses of the crucifixion narrative from memory. So, friends, my first thought was, I could never do that. My second thought was, so that's why Dan's not on Facebook. (laughs) 
In the weeks since I gathered with that congregation of believers to worship God, I started to feel the Spirit tugging at my sleeve. Oh, it's so annoying when the Spirit tugs at your sleeve, tells you to do something you don't want to do. But I decided to trust the Spirit and to trust that the Spirit would help me interiorize the Gospel reading this week. I also decided to trust that you all would give me grace if I completely blanked and had to revert back to the page. I did not memorize that scripture as a parlor trick. One reason I chose to take the risk this particular Sunday is that I have preached on Palm Sunday so many times, it's easy for me to read the story without actually paying attention to the story. As I labored to remember the lines, I'll admit, first I felt a little bummed. If I was gonna spend an inordinate amount of time with one of the Palm Sunday narratives, couldn't I have picked one that actually includes palms? Did you notice there's no palms, no Hosanna in Luke's version of the gospel? But soon enough, I found myself marveling over, now wait for it, you have to know I was an English major. I found myself marveling over the prepositions. There are so many prepositions. The word as, over and over again. Maybe it goes without saying, but I do not usually pay enough attention to my scripture reading to pay attention to the prepositions in scripture, let alone find myself captivated by them. And then my imagination began to perk up. And instead of reading the words on an invisible page in my mind, I began to see and hear and smell the details of the story. As I repeated the words alone in my office, and while washing the dishes, and while walking the dog. It's amazing. If you put AirPods in, people just think you're on the phone. You can talk to yourself, no problem. I, I felt like I stepped out of time. That first day, I lost track of the better part of an hour. But instead of the unease I feel after time spent doom scrolling on my smartphone, I felt calm and full, like I'd savored a bowl full of ripe blackberries. I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, and in this beautiful way, I felt your presence, too, knowing that I would soon share these words and experiences with you. And then something unexpected happened. I still felt the same flicker of recognition when the disciples start worshiping God. But as I kept running my lines and running my lines and running my lines, Ben said, are you going to do this every week now? <laughs> my attention lingered on the colt, the colt that the Lord needs. And I found myself identifying with that humble animal. 
Now, maybe this is God's way of telling me that I can be an ass sometimes. Maybe. <laughs> but I tend to think it's God's way of reminding me that I am needed, that my labor is not in vain, that I have a purpose that may look humble but is significant. Just as that little colt carried our Savior into the city of Jerusalem, I get to spend my days carrying the good news of God's love into the streets of suburban Chicagoland. I also tend to think that the epiphanies I experience in preaching are not only for me, but for us. And so I encourage you to remember that God needs you. Your labor is not in vain. You have a purpose that may look humble, but is significant. You do not need to be a preacher who spent hours memorizing 234 words of sacred scripture to be called to share the good news of God's love. We have work to do. We have a mission to fulfill. We have songs to sing and a Palm Sunday parade to walk. We also have the responsibility to accompany Jesus through the hard days ahead. The days when the crowd turns against him and the state intervenes with brutality. We have an invitation to believe that because of the events of this holiest of weeks, everything changes. So let us shout it, maybe even interiorize it, so the stones don't have to. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Amen.